Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm always glad that you're joining us. It is Election Day here in Michigan, and although this is an odd year without state or federal contests on the ballot, many, many people across the state are going to the polls to decide local matters. This fall saw local campaigns take on the bitter tone of politics at the national level, perhaps more so than in recent years. And there are really heated contests that I've seen signs and ads for over millages and taxes that support local government here in Southeast Michigan. Whether you've already voted or are planning to go out to the polls later today, we are taking a look at some of the most contested elections happening throughout the region today. WDET's Morning Edition host, Pat Batchelor, has been watching the races closely today, and he joins us to talk about them now. Pat Batchelor, welcome to the studio. Hi, Stephen. We are also joined by our resident royal ochre and senior producer, Jake Neer, uh, to talk about what is happening in Royal Oak. Jake, welcome to the studio. Hey, Steven. Is it, is it Royal Ochre? Royal Ochre is my understanding, yes. <laughs> is that right? Yes. Not Royal Oakian? I have That's heard I Ochre as well. Just drop the Royal. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. So, Pat, uh, yes. I'm going to start with you. Okay. Uh, give us the lay of the land as... Metro Detroiters go to the polls today to decide a lot of different local issues, a lot of candidates on the ballot. And there are a lot of millages that I've seen uh, people are either deciding to adopt or renew today. Right. There were millages on the ballot. There are also some school bonds uh, in a number of districts, the largest of which uh, in this immediate area is Dearborn Public Schools. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're seeking $240 million uh, for a variety of things. A lot of their schools are decades old and need upgrades. Uh, So uh, they've they've put this bond question on the ballot. Uh, $240 million is a sizable amount of money, to be sure. uh, And uh, that would also pay for not just infrastructure upgrades, but new security uh, measures. Um, uh, there are a few other uh, bonds uh, that uh, are not uh, quite as large uh, locally. We are keeping an eye on one uh, out in the Ann Arbor Public Schools. That one is big. That's a billion-dollar bond mm-hmm. they have on the ballot uh, in uh, Ann Arbor, so we'll watch that as well. Uh, we've got uh, mayoral races, uh, contested races in about two dozen communities. Uh, the two that we're keeping closest eye on uh, would be Warren, obviously, where Jim Fouts is up for re-election against Kelly Collegio. Uh, Warren politics are uh, always uh, fascinating to to watch. A lot of sharp elbows. Uh, Yes. uh, (laughs) You know, you you get mailers, Warren voters get mailers uh, every time that uh, uh, tend to uh, border on the, uh, 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 shall we say, um, extreme, I guess. (laughs) Uh, You know, so uh, it's uh, there's certainly some uh, political theater that always goes on uh, in Warren. Uh, and uh, Highland Park also, where uh, people are voting uh, not only for at-large uh, city council candidates, but uh, uh, candidates by district. Uh, that's something we're watching, too. Uh, Mayor Hubert Yap uh, is uh, up for re-election there. Uh, he has uh, a spirited uh, challenge as well. And uh, we're also keeping an eye on four uh, marijuana proposals in Allen Park, Lincoln Park, Kego Harbor, and Wald Lake. Uh, those are four of 10 communities statewide uh, that are asking residents, do they want uh, recreational marijuana to be sold in their communities. Yeah. Every community in Michigan has the opportunity to opt out of recreational marijuana, which voters approved last year uh, statewide. Uh, so uh, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting stuff in the ballot today. Even though it is basically uh, an 
off-year election. It's supposed to be an off-year, yes. but, but right. local elections are very busy. Right. I, I wonder if you can drill in a little bit on the Warren race, which I know always, as you point out, is is pretty contested and can get very bitter. Uh, is Jim Fouts uh, is Jim Fouts headed for for re-election? Is that what we expect? I'm, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't followed, seen a lot of coverage. Of this, uh, well, anyway. yeah, and and there aren't usually a lot of polls for for local races. I mean, uh, people in Warren they know you know they know Jim Fouts. He's been around uh, city government for a long time, uh, and uh, uh, he he. Uh, he is what he is. Uh, there's uh, most recent controversy uh, with, uh, again, some uh, uh, remarks that are ostensibly uh, him on uh, on audio saying controversial things. Mm-hmm. He he says that these were fabricated. Uh, whether you know whether that plays into uh, uh, the results, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, I so I I couldn't say whether he would be reelected or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been a, it's been a pretty spirited campaign for sure. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. I yeah. will say that I was parked in Warren for literally ten minutes the other day at a Target and got two pieces of mailer on my car in that time. <laughs> <laughs> or it's not mailer in that case, but flyers, two flyers. flyers. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, uh, Jake. Talk about what's going on in in Royal Oak, where we we have similar kinds of debates about taxes and millages and development coming yes. together. In that city. Well, this is why I think that Royal Oak is worth paying attention to, even if you don't live there and even if you uh, haven't really thought a lot about Royal Oak. It, it is something that may signal um, sort of how attitudes are maybe changing in some communities here in, in southeast Michigan. Now, What's really interesting is that Royal Oak, by just about every measurable standard, is doing really well. I mean, property values have been going way up in recent years. Investment has been pouring into both downtown and the neighborhoods as well. There have been major improvements to infrastructures, uh, infrastructure and parks. Uh, And, um, you know, I think it's safe safe to say that most other communities would be envious of sort of the growth and development that's happening in Royal Oak, especially here in Michigan. And yet uh, the elections in Royal Oak are incredibly heated. A lot of extreme rhetoric being used on both sides of these debates, especially if you peruse the several community boards on Facebook, of course. Uh, But... um, it doesn't mean that everyone's happy. I mean, uh, especially older folks who've been there for a long time. Uh, they don't really like the changes that are happening there. They're critical of the way the city has been run during those changes as well. Um, they're also critical of the nature of the, that development. A lot of people don't like going downtown, seeing high-rise office buildings, <laughs> condos, when they're used to something else. But also, they, they criti- criticize um, the way that the, the development is happening. They think that certain developers' interests were put ahead of residents, uh, you know, stop me if you've heard me heard that one before. But uh, they also criticize no bid contracts that were signed as part of the development. Um, and it's important to note that there's no evidence of any corruption or um, you know uh, in these cases, and that there was no requirement to go through a bid bid process on these projects. But of course, many residents think that they should have anyway. Um, and that being said. Uh, these projects downtown, they're coming under budget, on time, uh, and of course they're going to cause a certain degree of uh, disruption. But I think it's interesting that although these are nonpartisan elections in Royal Oak, that Democratic Party organizations and Republican Party organizations have been um, had they've been backing slates of candidates here. Mm-hmm. So um, that's despite the fact that Royal Oak has been able to stay abro- above that fray in the past. So Democrats are behind the slate that is made up mostly of incumbents. That's Mayor Michael Fournier, Commissioners Kyle DeBuck and per- per- Patricia Perouche. 
uh, and uh, newcomer commission candidate uh, Belem Morales as well. Rep- Republicans are behind the slate that's made up mostly of challengers. That's mayor- mayoral candidate Stephen Miller. Uh, he's someone who has a checkered past, uh, you could say, with two drunk driving convictions uh, and accusations that he used his position as a city official at the time to try to get leniency on uh, one of those arrests. Uh, And the Republicans are also backing current city commissioner Randy Lavasser, as well as uh, commission candidates Pam Lindell and Tom Halleck. So uh, again, it's just really interesting that in a city that is in many ways homogenous, in many ways doing well, uh, in in many ways, uh, you know, just uh, a place where you'd expect uh, things to be going well, that the political uh, environment there is just so fraught right now. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that is really interesting to me about this development question in Royal Oak is the comparisons between a city like that and a city like Detroit, where we, we have very similar kinds of things going on in terms of downtown changing, in terms of the city changing. In Detroit, these things are often characterized as gentrification, and that's Mm -hmm. one of the ways that people push back against it, that somehow it's moving poorer people out of spaces and to make room for wealthier people. Mm -hmm. It seems that the same kind of thing is at play in Royal Oak, but that's not the word that people generally are using. Yeah, I mean, Royal Oak is is a place where I don't know if you could say that there's a whole lot of displacement happening, uh, that, you know, the, the development is happening in places that were previously surface lots, that were, um, you know, uh, homes that people moved out of. So I don't see a whole lot of uh, displacement uh, in Royal Oak. There haven't been major tax increases. Um, so, so in that way, I don't know if it's the same uh, issue, but it's being treated, I mean, you know, the, 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 criticism of it is being treated in a lot of ways the same. And I think the biggest parallel there is, again, how we treat developers who want to invest in communities. How much, uh, you know, how much do we give them to make their bottom line work? Uh, how much value do we squeeze out of those deals and those sales? Uh, and if you are going to make sure that um, if, if, if you believe that a developer will back out because they're not getting as good of a deal, uh, you know, you're going to be criticized if you give them a better deal by people who say, hey, why did you sell it for this amount of money? We should have gotten more of that money or we should have had more opportunities as residents of the city, as current residents of the city. So there is definitely a sim- similar narrative of sort of uh, new Royal Oak versus old Royal Oak, I guess you could say in some ways, just this, in, in some ways the same as here in Detroit. Mm-hmm. When you think about the ways that the Royal Oak has changed, and the 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 people who are welcoming those changes versus the people who are not. Is there an age issue here, in terms of both literal age, but also time in the city? People who've been there for longer than other people are they the ones? who are more skeptical of all of these developments? I mean, I can only comment on what I've observed, and I've observed a lot of that, that people who have been there for a long time are uh, worried about the way that the nature of their community is changing. Now, we should also put that into the context that Royal Oak over a century now has changed over and over and over again. It's a community that has never been stagnant, that the character is the character of downtown, the character of the neighborhoods has always been constantly changing. Um, 
but at the same time, you know, the people who are moving in tend to be uh, younger families, uh, at least in, in, again, in my observation, is that when someone buys a new house, more often than not, uh, it is a younger family with kids and, uh, you know, people who are new to the community, whereas people who've been there for a long time, um, you know, change is not always easy or uh, accepted, <laughs> as you might imagine. <laughs> uh, we've lost Pat Batchelor, who had to go and do an interview. But uh, while I've got you here, I want to talk just a little about the tenor of campaigns mm-hmm. this fall. I have noticed, and I, and I don't live in any community that has elections today, but I, I shop in some of them and I socialize in some of them. And I have really noticed a difference in the way that people seem to be campaigning. I'm thinking of Gross Point, for mm-hmm. instance, where I've seen some really nasty campaigning against sitting councilmen members, for instance. Uh, I, I'm thinking of Royal Oak, where where these questions about development are getting more heated than we see in normal years. I and, and I wonder how much that's reflective of the national political conversation that we're having. Are we seeing this nastiness that is ubiquitous, I guess, at the at the national level, uh, seeping down into local elections in a different way than we have in the past. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is something to be said for that. I think that it's it, we should always uh, be careful and say that um, in in each of these local elections, there are local issues at play that really drive a lot of that. But I also do think that candidates um, in in a lot of local elections are probably hoping that there is this feeling uh, that they can question the sort of the, the the trust that you put in elected officials. Now, uh, while trust in elected officials on the federal and state level has been declining, uh, local officials, have, the trust in local government has stayed stronger than those levels of government. That being said, I think that there are candidates that think that they can possibly message in a way that says, you know, the swamp, it's not just in D.C., it's not just in Lansing, it's in your backyard as well. Yeah. Um, Jake Neer, senior producer here on Detroit Today, and Royal Oker, thanks very (laughs) much for coming into the studio to talk about elections today. Thank you, Stephen. And remember to stay tuned to WDET all day as we give you election updates today and tonight after the polls close. We will see how everything turns out and talk about it as we get into the later days of the week. And also remember that if you do have elections in your community today, Get out and vote. All right, up next, we are going to talk with journalist and author Steve Luxenberg about the human stories behind the Plessy versus Ferguson Supreme Court ruling. Stay with us on Detroit Today. 